Anybody serve a waymaker this morning? Good. Good. If you have your Bibles, you can go with me to the book of Titus. To the book of Titus. Uh, today, I, I want to talk about something uh, that for me, uh, I'd never really thought about much, um, never really dwelt on or, or spent much time navigating the emotions of saying no. Now, we, we are conditioned in this life, even if you were to take a, uh, typically for a long time until uh, School of uh, Business at Harvard actually began to change negotiation techniques about 20 years ago, for a long time, everybody was trained, even in sales, to get somebody to say yes. Anybody ever had a phone call like that? The, it, literally, people were trained to get you to say yes. They say, are, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Um, have you ever received a phone call like this before? To which you would say... Yes. Do you want to live a better quality of life? Do you get tired of these kind of phone calls? Do you trust me that this one will be different? No. All right. We, we've been conditioned to say yes. We celebrate yeses all the time. Someone says yes to a certain college, what do we do? We, we, we throw a party, right? Someone says yes to a certain someone that they want to marry. What do we do? We start throwing them showers and parties. And, and, and like we've been conditioned to celebrate the yes in our society so much that sometimes we don't even pay attention to the no or the importance of learning how and conditioning yourself to be okay with saying no. Anybody in here have a hard time saying no? Is that a struggle for anybody? Right, you don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, do you? You want everybody to be happy. See, I wasn't born with that part of my brain that, that has a problem saying no, but, but I know for a lot of people, like, it's a real struggle. Like, you want to say yes. You want everybody to love you and like you. And like, man, we're conditioned that way. And before even diving in, I'm going to say this. A lot of times what happens in life, we're so conditioned to say yes that we say yes to so many things that we do a lot of things okay and not one thing really, really, really well. Sometimes we say yes to so many things, we spread ourselves so thin that we're not very effective at all. So it's really, really important that as a church, as a faith family, we see the beauty in saying no. I'll read a couple quotes to you, and then we're going to pray after I read Titus 2. I love the way Charles Spurgeon said it. He said, learn to say no, and it will be more used to you than being able to read Latin. That's certainly true of us. Steve Jobs said, the, it's only by saying no that you can create and, and concentrate on the things that are really important. I'm going to say it like this. Being able to say no is beautifully freeing and ultimately helpful for the people that follow you. Let's pray. God, Lord, as we, as we read these scriptures in just a second, Father, um, Lord, we ask you that you open the text for us. God, Lord, today's kind of a, a different sermon. Uh, it's got a different feel to it, Lord. We, we oftentimes are preaching, even next Sunday is Say Yes Sunday, to where we're going to ask people to say yes to serve. And Lord, ultimately, we ask people every week to say yes to you, to say yes to following you, Lord. But today, I pray as we navigate through the scriptures together that you would help us to be a kind of people that are willing to say no as well. God, help us to have discernment. And help us to see clearly, Lord. Give us boldness to say no to things that displease you. 
Help us to say no to things that separate us from you. And Lord, ultimately, let us say no to things that might be good, but they might not be from God. Help us, Lord. In Jesus' name, everybody together said amen. Titus 2, 11 through 12 says, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. Now hear this. Training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live, if you're taking notes or if you have a pen in your hand or a highlighter, circle this, self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age. Listen, being able to say no is really, really, really important. As we're going to even unpack it further along in the text, it's evidence of self-control. So those of you that already have Christmas trees up in your house, no! A little self-control, right? Hey, wait till November 1 at least, you know what I'm saying? Like, wait till Thanksgiving, the day after Thanksgiving. I don't know. Like, like being able to say no is so, so, so important. I'll tell you one more story, and then I'll, then I'll preach the sermon. But being able to say no will help us in the long run and set our families up to win for years to come. So, TJ, what do you mean by that? My, my Mima. Uh, anybody got a Mima? All right, I got a Mima. And, uh, and my Mima, uh, I was her only little boy, all right? I was her grandson. I was the, the only grandson in the family. So, I was incredibly spoiled by Mima. I used to crawl in the back window of the car and I would wave at her when my parents were leaving her house and I'd say, Mima, I'm never going to see you again. Every time, and I'd cry. I was her favorite, still her favorite. But when I traveled with a band, I was 18, 19, 20 years old, and we were traveling all over the country. And I'd come in, we'd come in at 10 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock at night, 2 o'clock in the morning. It didn't matter. We'd come in from all over the place, and we'd, we'd get home, and she'd say, well, well, baby, are you hungry? I'd say, yes, ma'am. And at, at 10 o'clock at night, my mima would fry chicken and make homemade mashed potatoes. And, man, she just never said, hey, you know what I'm saying? That's, that's a mima. But then I got married. All right, and I have an incredible wife, but, but if I were to roll up to Taylor and be like, hey girl, listen, I've had a really long day. I know it's 11 o'clock and you've taken care of Cameron. You're a rock star mom and you got a job and you're doing all this stuff. Girl, you wanna fry me up some chicken and mash some potatoes? There is an art in our home to saying and receiving no, all right? See, we've been so conditioned to give yeses. Sometimes we've given so many yeses that we, we've spoiled ourselves and we've spoiled our loved ones to where they're not conditioned to receive or ever celebrate a no. I, I know that's a little funny, but, but we have to learn to say no at some point because the first and most important thing that we'll ever say no to, and if you're taking notes, jot this down, destructive sin patterns. In our Christian walk, if we believe the Bible to be true, and we wholeheartedly believe that it is, Titus 2, 11 through 12 tells us, for the grace of God has appeared bringing salvation for all people, but training us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions, right? To renounce and to live self-controlled, upright, godly lives in the present age. So this is what it means, that when we are following Jesus and walking with Jesus, we better at some point mature to the place to where we can, for other people, say, hey, no, you don't need to go there, and no, I'm not going there. You hear me this morning, church? 
We are so conditioned to say yes that sometimes it gets us in trouble in our spiritual lives because we really need to be saying no when culture is flowing towards ungodliness and worldly passions, and it's nothing new. The church was dealing with it 2,000 years ago. At some point, we have to equate and understand that spiritual maturity does not look like saying yes to every opportunity, but it means saying no to some things as well, especially destructive sin patterns. Do you realize, church, this morning that when you confess your sin, when you build an, a community of accountability and you live with transparency, you abide in Christ, you have this power from the Holy Spirit to where you can say no. I mean, you get the call from that person that, that you know is going to be a rabbit trail of gossip for an hour and they're going to tear down people that you care about and you're just going to be complicit and you're going to listen. Do you know this morning that you have the power to say no? Or that person that keeps circling back through your life and, circling back through your life and using you and, and then turning you away and using you and turning you away because of what Christ has done for you? You don't have to be accepted by them anymore and you have the power in Jesus to say No. Come on, church. Christ has done so much so that, you can say, so that you can say yes to him, but he did all that so that you would also know that you have the power and confidence to look at old sin patterns that were destructive in your life and to say no. A phrase that goes around, we, we see it on T-shirts and hats and all over the place, not today, Satan. Anybody ever said that, saw that, right? Not today, Satan. It ain't going to happen. When's the last time you said no? When's the last time that you said no? Well, TJ, the heart wants what the heart wants. When's the last time you said no? TJ, we all got needs and desires that need to be filled. When's the last time you said no? TJ, they promised they'd never do it again, and, and, and they know that they're that, that they in the wrong, and, and, and TJ, I'm just letting them back in one more time. When's the last time you said no? It's not comfortable, but it's true this morning. Spiritual maturity and grace looks like saying no. It looks like being self-controlled. This is evidence that the grace of God is working in our lives. And listen, I know this morning that I'm probably touching some sensitive subjects. But man, if it's not being said here, I know it's not being said anywhere. This morning you have the power to say no to destructive sin patterns that have broken you over and over and over again. And you know what this place is for? Can I just be real with you for a minute? It's not just a place where we come and we listen to songs and some guy talk too much. This place is a place that we come so that we gather together so that we can say no and other people look at us and say, well, I'll hold you to it. This is supposed to be a place where we can confess our sin and we can build accountability and we can learn together to say no to the things that are destructive in our life, no to the things that are displeasing to God, and yes over and over to the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5, through 23 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. Anybody know what comes next? Self-control. Against such things there is no law. Listen, I want you to hear this. The ability to confess 
to say no is the grace of God actively teaching us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions. I want us to do self-examination this morning. I want us to do real work. So I'm going to ask you one more time before we transition, when's the last time that you said no to things that break you over and over and over? Man, can I just confess, have a moment of, of, of preacher confessions? There's often times that someone says something to me or, 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 or things happen in my life, just the natural course of the day that, that my pride just kind of riles up and I have to look in the mirror and say, no, bruh, no. TJ, don't say that. No, don't go there. No, don't do that. No, because I'm sinful. And I'm prone to be prideful. I'm easily tempted to be angry. So I have to develop in my life as a, as a minister and a man, as just a, a good husband and a dad and a, a, a citizen in this community, I have to develop this ability to say, no, TJ, don't say stupid stuff today. Literally. And maybe none of you are like me. None of you are prone to say dumb things like I am, but I say dumb stuff all the time. Thankfully, the grace of God in our life grows us to a place where we can start saying no, though. No, I don't have to gratify my desires. No, I don't always have to get what I want. No, I don't always have to be heard. No, I don't always have to share that opinion, even though I know that opinion. That's how I feel. It's okay to say no. It's okay to be mature. It's a grace to run from sin to God. It's not a grace to run through life from God living in sin. I'm going to say that one more time. It's a, grace from, to, it's a grace to run from sin to God. It's not grace to run through life from God living in sin. At some point, as believers, as sons and daughters of a king, we have to adopt the word no. And the sinful, destructive patterns that we've carried with us, some of us in our hearts for a long time, some of us it's been generational and we, we're just kind of repeating cycles that we watched our parents go through and our parents' parents go through. At some point we have to stand up and say through the power of the Holy Spirit, no. Number two, if you're taking notes this morning, the first thing that we have to say no to is destructive sinful patterns. The second thing is peer pressure. Now when I say peer pressure, Typically, how many of us instantly think teenage, teenagers, right? You say the word peer pressure, and we heard peer pressure in middle school and in high school. You know, don't be pressured into, you know, depending on what kind of house you're raised in. Don't be pressured into drinking the beer. Don't be pressured into going to the party. Don't be pressured into listening to, to, to you know, R. Kelly or whoever. I don't know. Don't be pressured into secular me. Don't, like, peer pressure is so teenage, but as I sat with this sermon, I thought about leading up to this Sunday, preparing us to have a yes in our heart next week. I thought, man, peer pressure, we, it needs to be preached on more to adults than it does to teenagers. I, I see adults all the time pressuring other adults into letting their own children behave a certain way. I see adults all the time pressuring other adults not to obey the things of Scripture, but to, oh, man, just come this one time. Just do it one time, man. It's just a guy's weekend. It's the boys. Come on. I've lived it. I've seen it. I've watched it. I've thought, man, this is like 
middle school just on repeat for the rest of our lives. I've seen moms do it to each other. Like the, the pressure to always have them in the boutique clothes and to always look perfect and pretty, the pressure to always have the right snacks at the right parties, like the pressure to do everything right, like this peer pressure. I know I'm in the weeds and in everybody's Kool-Aid with the flavor this morning. I don't really care because it's true. We, we have been conditioned to be pressured and to pressure one another. Romans 12.2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God and what is good and acceptable. There he says, don't be conformed. So hear me say it this way. Don't adapt to the pressure that might cause you to live opposite of Christ so that you can be comfortable. Don't adapt to this world in an attempt to fit in at the cost of your spiritual maturity. Do you hear me this morning? Don't adapt to the things around you in such a way that you're finally accepted, you're finally invited to the party, you're finally not left out, but the moment you step in, you become someone you never intended to be. Say no. <laughs> I see friends do it to each other well-intentioned all the time. I see mom guilt poured on moms. I see dad guilt poured on dads. I see stuff guilt all the time. <laughs> right? I mean, I, I feel it. I, I grew up in a, in a home that was... Um, incredibly broken but beyond being incredibly broken we didn't have things we didn't have stuff pretty poor and so even as a dad like can I just confess this there's this in my heart I'm like you know Taylor's like hey let's get Cameron a tricycle and I'm like yeah but do you know there's like a 78 volt electric thing that's like only a thousand more dollars and he could be like the coolest kid on the block man I because I never had that right so I feel this pressure to, to give him stuff because I'm pressured to believe by society that more stuff will make me happy. And this pressure just kind of begins to press the life out of us, doesn't it? I might just be preaching to myself this morning, so you might just be sitting in on a therapy session. So I apologize, but I feel like this might be hitting home with one or two. You say, TJ, why do you feel like we should say no to peer pressure because we can only serve one master. Only one. Let me say it like this. We're either going to serve our destructive sin patterns or at some point we're going to say no to them and serve Jesus Christ. At some point we're going to say no to the peer pressure from our friends. We're going to say no to the pressure of mom guilt or dad guilt or, or stuff guilt, if you will, we're, we're going to at some point stand up to that pressure or we're going to end up serving it. And can I tell you this? I don't care how many friends you have, how much stuff you have, that's a hole that will never be filled. You can never please enough people to feel affirmed. You can never buy enough stuff to feel full. At some point, you have to be able to stiff arm those things and say no. 
Matthew 6, 24, if you don't believe me, hear these words. No one can serve two masters, for you either hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. My prayer for you this morning, church, is that you would begin to celebrate some no's in your life. When's the last time you said no to something that's been breaking you? When's the last time you said no to pressure to be someone you aren't called to be? Next thing, and this one's just for free before we move to the last point, but my prayer for us, um, we live in the Bible Belt and we live in the South and we have a lot of interesting dynamics. My prayer is that at some point as a faith family, we and church in general would say no to being prejudiced. I believe there's an increasing danger that has the potential to tear the church apart. Right now, we live in a culture that is so divided and separated. So divided and separated by, by ethnicity, race, by, by political preference. I literally know people in my life who, man, if they find out you watch CNN, they won't be your friend anymore. Some of you are like, well, bro, that's me, bless God. Fox News only. Come on. It's vice versa, too. Some of you would, would, would lean what you would consider more Demo uh, to the Democrat Party or liberal, and you say, well, you know, if you, if you support this person or if you watch this brand of news, I, I just can't be friends with you. Man, come on. And we've allowed, we've allowed color, whether it's blue or red and black and white, to begin to divide us as brothers and sisters, even in Christ. So my prayer regardless of political leaning or, or, or racial preferences this morning, my prayer for you is that you begin to say no to prejudice. The first step for a lot of us would be looking in the mirror and saying, you're prejudiced. Well, TJ, but, you know, it's the way I was raised. It's the way we were raised. It's just the way things are. It doesn't have to be. We can say no to prejudice. I've said this to you before, and I'll say it a million times over, and if, it, and if it ever costs me a job, I honestly just really don't care, but I pray one day that we don't see people as black or white or Democrat or Republican, Baptist or Methodist, but that we only have two differentiations. We only, we only, we only see two things. They're lost or they're found. Because, listen, there's a lot of Republicans that are going to hell that need Jesus. And there are a lot of Democrats that are going to hell that need Jesus. Newsflash, Bible Belt Church, there's a lot of Democrats that are going to heaven. And there's a lot of Republicans that are going to. At some point, at some point, we have to stop drawing lines and say no to prejudice. You say, TJ, that makes me uncomfortable. Well, just pray about it and see what the Holy Spirit says. That's where I'll leave it with you. Last point. Sometimes we have to say no to good things so that we can say yes to the God things. Now, next week is Say Yes Sunday, and if you've made it this far through the sermon, I just encourage you to come back next week. It'll be a lot better, I promise. A piece of Scripture always troubled me. Always just kind of bothered me. Really troubled me. Until this week in this sermon, and a story I have for you. Acts chapter 16, 6 through 10. This is the apostle, uh, this is the apostle's writing. He says, 
And they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. Did you hear that? And when they had come to Asia and attempted to go to Bethany, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. Hold on a second. These apostles were going to preach the word. They were going to do a good thing. And the Holy Spirit forbid them. And the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go. Man, y'all, can I be honest? This is one of those verses that I just had to grapple with. I'm like, God, what are you doing? Like, these guys are about to take the gospel into this this region, into this country, and they're going to preach the gospel. This is such a good thing. And the Holy Spirit screams through the text, yeah, but it wasn't God's thing. Can I tell you something? Church is sometimes the place where it happens the most. We get wrapped up in doing so many good things that we miss out on doing God's thing. As a Christian, going back to pressure and the guilt... Well, you got to serve on this committee. you got to serve on this team. you got to do this, 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 and this, and this, and this. And all of a sudden, you've heaped so many good things on yourself. You don't really feel good at all, and you're no, one, no good to anyone around you. Because you've done so many good things that you've missed the God thing. You say, teacher, are you sure about this? Well, I want to tell you a story how this became real in my life, and that became alive to me. Um, my wife and I are leaving in nine days to get our, our baby girl from India. <laughs> yeah. And by the grace and power of God, there was this family who we actually traveled to India. Uh, we traveled to India with this family uh, two and a half years ago when we adopted our son Cameron. And we, we, they adopted their little daughter, and, and we were through the process together. And, and not long ago, a while ago actually now, thinking about it, this lady reaches out to my wife. And my, Taylor counsels a lot of people walking through adoption and stuff. That's kind of what she does. She's amazing at it. And she's counseling this lady. And this lady says this. This lady says, I'm just going to have to say no to this kid. It's this little girl, and I'm going to have to say no to her, and she's just got too much stuff going on. That's what she said. And in the adoption world and just in life, no one ever conditions you for the day that you might have to say no. Everybody just celebrates the yes. So Taylor just kind of walks them through it and counsels them and just loves on them and says, hey, listen, man, if God hasn't given you peace, then, then he's leading you to say no to this little girl, as heartbreaking as that is for a reason. So they said no. And this other, this family was matched with this uh, little girl, another little girl, and they're going to bring her home and they're going to celebrate together. And, and a few months later, we, my wife and I, we get this call about this other little girl. And they said, well, she has... You know, she's got some stuff going on, some orthopedic issues, some bilat- she's got bilateral club feet, and she's got hip dysplasia, some knees going on. She might never walk, but, you know, do, do you guys really want her? And just kind of look through the file, and <laughs> I don't really know any other way to say it, but I was like, man, that's my girl, and I'm going to go get her. Yeah. And the more conversations we had with our friends, we realized that their hardest no became our most beautiful yes. That this little girl that this family had said no to months before, her file somehow stayed in the circuit long enough that we were able to read it and we were able to say yes. 
And listen, I'm so thankful. Listen, I'm so thankful they didn't give in to the pressure of saying yes. I'm so glad that they didn't just do the good thing. I'm so grateful today they were bold enough to listen to the Holy Spirit and say no because their no became my greatest yes. Church family, hear me this morning. You might not understand why you have to say no sometimes even to some of the good things, but, but listen, if the Holy Spirit is leading you to say no to something in your life that even may be a good thing, say no with boldness, knowing that God has a plan that's bigger than yours. And you never know, your no may open up the biggest door for somebody else to say yes to. Church, this morning, I, w- I want to remind you, and then we'll wrap up. I beg you, not just remind you, but I beg you to say no to the destructive, sinful patterns in your life. To ask the Holy Spirit to give you the self-control that you need to stiff-arm the things that have ruined your heart over and over again. To, to grow up in your faith and say no. I beg you, parents and and young people, this is for you, this is for everybody. I beg you this morning to say no to peer pressure in your life, to be or do something that you're not called to be or do. The only thing you're required to do this morning, the only thing you're required to do is obey God and please the Father. You have permission to say no to the pressure in this life. Say no to prejudice. Quit drawing lines and start casting nets. Amen. And be willing to say no to some good things so that God can open the door for the God things. Let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you for the gospel. <laughs> Lord, thank you that you carried all of our sin to the cross and you died there in our place so that we could look at this destructive, sinful patterns in our life. We could look at peer pressure. Lord, we could look at prejudice. Lord, we could look at all the things around us that would tear us down and have the Holy Spirit power to say no. Lord, thank you for the cross. Thank you for inviting us into a family. God, thank you for giving us an opportunity to say no to good things so that we can say yes to your things. God, help us this morning to be men and women that learn to celebrate the no's in our life, knowing that they work in your good and sovereign plan. God, we're just asking that you help us. And God, I pray for the the men and women, boys and girls that are sitting in the room. Lord, that are tempted to leave the same way they came that are tempted to live in a pattern of lostness. Lord, I pray that they could look at their lostness and say no this morning. That they would turn and run to you and say yes. God, that's our prayer. That's our hope. And as we worship you in this response, God, we pray that you do work in our hearts that only you can do for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.